0: Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library, and today we are talking to another amazing law firm owner because one of the big things that you will definitely learn if you are a lawyer and you decide to start a firm is that you really do have to learn the business side of running a firm, which can be slightly different than just practicing law. So stay tuned for our amazing guests. Well, without further ado, let me bring on my amazing guest, Russell Farbiar.
1: Welcome to the show, Russell. Thanks, Terrell. It's, it's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to have you. Now, Russell, before we jump into the details of, you know, your firm and what that journey's been like, can you give mm-hmm. us a little bit of context on, you know, what was your what is your background and what made you decide to go into law?
1: <laughs> I've wanted be a lawyer for longer than i can remember uh i i i grew up always thinking uh that that i want that i was that i was just going to be a lawyer and you know it's funny i was having this conversation with my dad on the phone yesterday uh because we were talking about you know when i decided to go to law school and sometimes the sad truth is that a lot of people go to law school because they don't know what else to do uh you know (laughs) i graduated um from, from college with a uh, a politics degree and a history degree. And so I really was qualified to do one of two things, either teach or go to law school. Um, and I thought about both of those options, but I, I ended up going to law school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you know, my when I went to undergrad, um, my background was in, you know, in business administration. and I, One of the things I was always curious about when people know, major in political science and then go to law school next. Does, I guess this political science, like, is it, does it really prepare you for a law school or is it just kind of um, like law school is like a whole new learning and discipline?
1: You know, the only real real undergraduate study program that can prepare you for law school from what I understand is philosophy. Uh, being a politics major and a history major uh, just just means that I knew a lot about dead things and I knew a lot <laughs> a lot about people who like to argue about about policy. Uh, but it, being a philosophy major actually teaches you how to think more more analytically uh, the way that the lawyer typically will do will do. gotcha,
0: gotcha. Okay. So as you got into law school, did that like, I guess, did the nature of law school, I guess, when you got there, were you kind of prepared for I mean, since you you wanted to be a lawyer, as long as you can remember, when you got into law school, was it like, did it live up to your expectations? Were you like, hey, I kind of underestimated
1: some of this? or Well, there's... There's no way to really know what to expect when you when you're going to go to law school, and you know they they do the in orientation they do the proverbial look to your left look to your right one of these people won't be here by the time you uh, you graduate, and it's actually true. I don't really know exactly what I what I thought it was it was going to be, but it it's definitely three years where you're just going to work and work and work and work, and then you're going to do some more work because it's it's intense. It's definitely intense.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And then, what was it like? I mean, coming out of law school when you you first started. I guess you know your your journey as a as a lawyer or moving down that path.
1: So I came I came out of I came out of law school. I uh, when you're in law school, they they tell you that the the best job that you can get right out of law school is being a law clerk. Uh, I'm not sure that that's actually actually true. It all depends on what you want to do, but that's what I did. Is I got a job as a law clerk. I lived um, in Bennington, Vermont, for about a year, uh, working for uh, um, some trial trial court judges there. Uh, it was it was an interesting experience. It, you know, I got to see a lot of different things, a lot of different proceedings. Uh, but it was it was very much in, in in an observer role, and I was sort of anxious to stop being an observer and start being an active participant. So uh, after that, I, I did uh, get a job with the district attorney's office. Uh, uh, and that, that gave me some experience being in, in the court courtroom, uh, learning how to, how to walk, talk, and chew gum at the same time while, while in, a, in a court proceeding. Uh, uh, and then ultimately, I did end up in, in private practice.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, how was that transition or, you know, was there things that led to you making that decision of going into private practice?
1: So I was fortunate because I, the practice that I, that I joined, uh, was actually my father-in-law's practice. Uh, and his partner was choosing to retire and had approached me and said, I'm retiring. I'd like to see if you want to, if you want to step into this role, um, and take my place, and I and I was fortunate in, in in that regard. I mean, working with family can always be a challenge, but um, you know, we 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 found we were we were able to to find a way to to navigate things uh, together. Uh, and so I, like I said, I was fortunate because that's because I sort of it wasn't that I started my own business. I sort of came, I came into an already existing and successful practice. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Now, one of the other things that I'm curious about is, you know, as you kind of go through law school and like I said, you're kind of early stage of, you know, your, your legal career, it's at what point did you kind of decide, Hey, this is the type of law that I kind
1: of want to focus on. You know, you come out of law school and, and, and there's just so many different options. And, the one thing I, when I was in law school, I said, I, I, I don't want to do is criminal law. And there I was practicing criminal law as a prosecutor, <laughs> um, you know, but I always had an interest in estates and estate planning and the state administration. You know, I did study that in law school. Uh, the practice I joined, uh, that did have had a very large, uh, uh, it was a, it was a very large component of the, pra- the practice that already existed. Uh, and so i continue to learn you know more and more about the pra- about that practice area and i really i really found it very interesting um because i i'm a big proponent of people having having a plan and making sure that uh that they're that they're being intentional that you're you're putting the pieces together so that uh when you would pass uh that it it's not you know absolute chaos but there's there's actual actually an, an ordered uh, process and and i think that that, that is incredibly beneficial and mm-hmm. underutilized mm-hmm. no
0: i i would agree i mean it makes it probably a pretty interesting business perspective for i mean for for you i mean well, estate planning is something that is i think it's a, it's a phenomenal it's an extremely wise thing I mean from a business perspective do you ever feel like you're 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 fighting against the I guess you would say the the human need to not want to think about death and then not plan ahead
1: <laughs> all the time <laughs> <laughs> That is you know I'll never remember I'll, ne- I'll never forget Re- early early in my practice I had a cl- I had a client who came in and I don't remember what she was there for, but I said to her, well, do, "While you're here, do you do you want to prepare a will?" And she said, "Oh, not today, but I'll make sure I do that before before I die." And I, and I, and I looked at her and I said, "All right, just give me a call the day before you die, and we'll get it taken care of." <laughs> Needless to say, I'm fairly certain we did her will that day. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> You know, it, it's sounds you know, when you say it out loud, it's something that sounds funny. I mean, when you say it, because it's like, you know, wow, really? Yeah, they're, they're really the logic behind that. Um, it's just like, yeah, it doesn't make as much sense. But, you know, I often find that, you know, that, that a lot of people don't like to think about those two, or they don't like to think about death and they don't like to plan ahead. So as you kind of work through that in your business side, you know, what have you seen people really gravitate to, or how have you been able to help people realize like, Hey, this is a plan to be made. Like let's act on it. Let's not delay.
1: I try to talk to people about the fact that it is a, that it is a plan. Uh, I have found that if you, if we try to break things down into easy, more digestible, digestible steps, it's far easier for, for people, um, to to get on board with because I find that most people, when they get to the end of our process, uh, they'll say, well, that was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And, and I, I have found particularly as I've been more in, more intentional with how I approach my business over the last, you know, say two years or so, um, that it's been a lot easier to sort of make that more accessible for, for people. Gotcha.
0: gotcha. So what I really want to dive into a little bit more is, you know, what that what that kind of that the, the way of thinking, um how that kind of changed when you went from like I said practicing law to then like I said being a partner in a firm to where now you're practicing law but you also got to think about, you know, the actual business of the firm. So
1: how was that transition for you? You know, I've always looked, you know, at the practice of law as a business i've always thought of it you know conceptually in that way I, I don't think that i ever you know until you know the last couple of years really thought about it and tried to implement uh you know more more business practices um in the in my practice in the practice because I, I think as as lawyers we are we are taught that we are professionals, and we are lawyers, and therefore we are special, uh, which is not always true. Um, and if there are any lawyers that are listening to this, I'm sorry, you're not as special <laughs> as you think you are. Um, and and as a result, we we are we are told that we are exempt from the normal considerations that someone would have when they are running a business. Uh, there. Uh, there are very few, if if any, at least when I went to school, uh, courses in law school that talk about uh, running uh, a practice. Uh, I the only one I recall. I recall there was I think a two credit course on interviewing clients. You know that was pretty much the extent of you know here's how you actually do this from a from a practical business perspective, uh, and then you. And then you're you're sort of in the in the midst of of trying to manage deadlines and manage clients, and it it it's hard to sort of take a step back and say, now wait a second, what what do I need to do to make sh- make sure that I'm doing things the most efficient in the most efficient way possible? I'm doing things. I'm doing things that are going to actually make me money, rather than, you know, just take every client that walks through the door um, because they're here. You know, actually have a cohesive uh, marketing plan. Actually have procedures uh, that that can be followed, um, so that it's not you're not sort of at the hub of the of the wheel with everyone coming at you from all directions saying I need I need X Y or Z. Uh, so uh, it's you know. Uh, I feel like over the last two years, I've spent a lot. I, I've spent a lot of time, uh, sort of thinking about how how we can our my practice can run more like a well oiled machine or like a business as opposed to just a you know lawyer centric practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I think that's a very interesting point, and I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the point about. You know, with, you know, the the type of clients that you expect, because even, you know, when I tell different, whether it's my clients or just, you know, business owners or even on the show, when I tell people like sometimes they're a little caught off guard, they're like, oh, you're an accountant, you should be thinking about getting every dollar you can. But it's just that point about "Mm, you probably shouldn't accept everybody who wants to do business with you if they don't like if they don't meet the criteria that you have for the type of people that you can really help. So, how has that been? Of you know, in the for yourself and in the firm of just getting to that point where you felt really comfortable saying, you know what, we're gonna accept the people that we can actually help And That may mean we don't. There's some people that we can't help.
1: It's hard. I'm gonna tell you that right, right, right out front because it's really hard when someone knocks on your door or, in this case, walks into your Zoom room, um, and. <laughs> and says I want to give you money to do this thing that you that you know how to do uh, but I have I have gone from well of course I can do this and I can do that and I can do this other thing to yeah I know I can do that but I don't want to um, because you can't be good at everything and and then that's how you end up running in 17 different directions uh, you keep you, if you don't do something all the time, don't have a process for it, now you're relearning it every time you do it, and so you're really not making any profit off of it. it it's just you, you've, you know, you, you have at that point just bought yourself a job, um, not a business, and, and that's not you know. And then who who is it? I'm trying to remember the author, the uh, of the the guy who who wrote the e myth, um, who says mm-hmm. now now you. You work for a crazy person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I think that's so true because, you know, just yesterday I was on the call. I was on a call, Zoom call with someone that was looking for uh, looking for a CPA to do an audit. And and I am a CPA and I was telling them, it's like, well, here are the areas I focus on, bookkeeping and CFO services. And I will say it took me a while to get to that point of just being like, hey, here's a person who clearly they sought you out. They want to, they want to offer you money to do something that, I mean, technically I can do it. Um, I could probably move some stuff around to make it work, but I'm just like, you know what? That's not in my primary will. I was like, that's not something we do on a regular basis. Um, but being able, like I said, getting comfortable to say, Hey, you know what? Maybe I can help you find somebody that can help you do that because that's just not what we do.
1: And sometimes that's the best thing that you can do. <laughs> you know, I I've been reducing some of the practice areas I covered. And one one of those is is that I, I formerly took family law cases. I no longer do that. Uh, but with some of the client some of the clients that I have, if if it starts if the case is moving in a direction I don't want to go in, I have I have helped the client uh, find new counsel because I don't, I don't want to get s- stuck in something I'm no longer comfortable doing. But at the same time, you don't want the client to be to be stuck. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. and I guess do
0: you find um, in in case of practicing, you know, doing estate planning and in, in real estate law, is that do a lot of those cases end up leading over into family law, or do they usually see those? They usually are pretty clearly distinct. I, they're usually
1: clearly distinct from from the outset. I mean, you can have elements of what I would call family law in in an estate in, in an estate administration case, probate case. Uh, you, you have to take in, when you're doing estate planning. You have to take into consideration uh, the the family. Uh, dynamics, uh, you know. So if it's there, can be again aspects of 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 the of family law or divorce that you would take into consideration. But there's a difference between litigating a divorce and helping someone create a plan in case of divorce. Gotcha, Gotcha.
0: Okay, no, nope, that makes sense. Now, one of the things that um I think a, a lot of people are are if they always very interested in is you know, when, when they hear the type of work that you do, the type of law that you support, that your firm supports, how can they either find you online or how can they, they see what the firm is up to and, 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 and how they can work with you guys if they need your services?
1: Sure. So we we have a fairly robust uh, online presence. We do have our, our website, which is com. So you can you can certainly access us there if you if you go to a contact us that will actually get you um, directly into our uh, CRM. Uh, so you'll you know unfortunately for you maybe you'll get a you'll start getting some emails um, and some text messages about us. We also do uh, have a, have a Facebook uh, page and an Instagram page that are fairly active so you can uh, find us uh, both on Facebook and Instagram, Uh, and I also am on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, before we wrap up, one of the questions that I always love asking every guest that comes on is, you know, when you think about, you know, kind of where you've been from your career and your background to where you are now with your firm, you know, what's two pieces of wisdom that you would share with other law firm owners? And it could be a reiteration of something else that you've already
1: said. So, be intentional and ask for help. Um, I have I have found particularly over the last two years that being involved with uh, business coaching programs uh, that are geared towards attorneys has helped me a lot. I've met a lot of like-minded uh, attorneys who I who I, I now feel like I have a community of people who I can bounce ideas off of. Uh, and I, I call them my advisory board because if I'm thinking about doing something new, I, I have, you know, there's I, I think there's three, four, maybe five people in this group. Um, and we're all sort of, you know, single owner um, a, attorney, uh, attorney law firms where you don't really have a lot of internal people to bounce these ideas off of. We share resources. Um, and I think it's also important, be intentional. F- figure out what you want to do And then figure out the way to get there, uh, because otherwise you would just end up, uh, you know, going here, there and everywhere, uh, you know, trying to get things done.
0: Awesome. I love it. Well, Russell, thank you for being an amazing guest on the show. It's been a pleasure having you.
1: All right. Thanks so much for having
0: me thank you for tuning in to the business talk library if you like our content be sure to follow us on social media and if you want to see more of our exclusive content you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library hey the business talk library is the place where business makes sense